are here for a reason. This, 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 this news just in. We are your news now. Right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information. Separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. Get the news. You're listening to Right On Radio. You are here for a reason.
good morning to you. Good day to you. And I know we have people watching internationally. And good evening to you, to some of you. So glad you could join us. That's right. I say us because I have a very special guest with us today. And it's going to be really special. We're doing Acts 16. This is a really uh, incredible chapter. And, you know, why are we doing the book of Acts? It's really simple because God is not creating a revival. He is creating a restoration. And this is our instruction as the body of Christ. They, God set the biblical example. He wrote it down for us. And he addresses all kinds of situations that we are going to address. And so as we cover uh, this chapter 16, we're going to just start off again by the conclusion of 15. And I'll give a quick synopsis of that. However, I want to just start with a couple show announcements, if I may. And the first one is simply uh, some stuff about next week. So next week on Tuesday, uh, there will be a show on Tuesday, and it's going to be one of two shows uh, it just depends on which way happens. There is some very important news that no one else is talking about because no one else knows about it that I would like to uh, to bring forth, but it really depends on a guest availability. Uh, it's probably one of the scariest things I've ever heard, and I would like to bring that forward to you not for sensationalism of any kind, uh, but to give you the tools to pray against it. So that would be my priority. My original plan was to start the teaching of new goggles and how to get out of Pharaoh's system and live in God's system. And uh I think it's going to be a really important teaching. It's going to take several weeks. You know, I'm, I'm guessing about 12 weeks to get through it. Now, the one thing about that as well is after Wednesday, after the military analyst show that I will do on Wednesday, uh, pretty much right after that, uh, my wife and I are going camping. Uh, we're going to go far, far away from the city and uh, just spend some time kind of in solitude and, you know, the quietness of life. And, and you know, I'm expecting to hear God's voice uh, more in that time. And so that leaves the Thursday, the Saturday, and the Sunday show, and even the following Tuesday. And I had planned to do some pre-recording and put some stuff out there. Um, at this point... I just don't have the time. So there won't be shows. Now, I might just post maybe some of like the greatest hits and something that uh, is relevant to today that uh, we talked about in the past. I might repost uh, some of those. But we'll just see what happens and uh, what the which way the Lord draws me and uh, and how my time is, uh, is taken up. Um, but just speaking of the weekend, if you did not see 
the Saturday night sermon by watching Waller Beulah uh, Saturday night. You know, these Saturday night sermons, I never ask them what they're going to say. I'm never uh, saying, hey, I'm going to be covering this. Can you uh, do that? Uh, that never happens. But the Spirit of God is working amongst us. And the Spirit of God directed that particular uh, message. And it is so timely. In fact, uh, you know, Beulah shares a vision that the Lord gave her. Uh, I believe it was some, September 16th of uh, 2020. And and the Lord told her to release it. Uh, and it was on Saturday night. And I'm telling you, it's just, it's a shadow of things that are happening right now. And I think it's, it's a really important one because we want to, first of all, we all want to be in, in a togetherness because together we are going to get through these times and we're actually going to uh, not only put some chinks in the armor of the enemy, uh, we're going to take down a lot of the enemy. Now we know the, how the book ends, so we know that certain things are going to come, but the enemy is rushing the timing and we do not agree with it. And God does not bow down to anybody. God uh, will dictate the timing. And I truly believe God, you know, could say, okay, let's let it all happen now. Or God will say enough of my people rose up. I'm going to do this. So very serious times we live in. Uh, that's part of the reason I really just, I, I think God put aside this time for me to, uh, to get away. And, uh, you know, I just, I just hope that you'll, uh, in the midst of, you know, I'm, I'm gone six days, but I'll be back for the military analyst show the following week. So it'll be the last show will be the military analyst. The first show back will be the military analyst on Wednesday at one o'clock live. Join us on Podbean if you can. Um, but in, in that meantime, I'm really going to ask you to love on one another and to see each other as through the Father's eyes. And, you know, the, hence the, uh, the new goggles that I'm talking about. And, and to be able to see the spirit or the creation that's inside of each other. Uh, this is something that the Lord's giving me glimpses of right now. And I believe it's available to everyone. And I, I, the world will change if we could see each other, you know, friend or foe, lost or uh, saved, you know, white, black, fat, thin, strong, weak, it doesn't matter. Um, it's God's creation inside of every person who is a human being. And perhaps if you... Uh, are given that gift, uh, we'll also know who the uh, the Nephilim are who are run against us because we won't see that uh, thing of God's creation inside of that person. We'll see something that was created by the other side or manipulated to fit the other side. Um, so, okay. Uh, oh, oh, and I will have an announcement at the end, so please stay tuned for that. But without further adieu you're wondering who my guest is today well this is an extreme pleasure to bring her back for her sunday morning debut 
on Right On Radio. That's right, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. I like, I just like saying that. I used to do that before the Super Bowl, <laughs> but uh, hey, it's Sunday. And without further ado, please welcome to the program for the Bible study, one of my new favorite people in the world. And of course, I'm talking about Mickey Lynn. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> I'm just waiting for you, Jeff, to say, let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that that phrase is actually trademarked? Is it really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Brilliant trademarking. Yeah. Oh, so yes. when people say that on TV, they actually have to pay a royalty to say that. Is it? So that is something else. Although I'm not surprised. Yes, that's a good thing, though. <laughs> Maybe I should trademark right on, right on, right on. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. All right. So good morning, just, everybody. Yeah, and I, I'm so pleased that you came on here. Of course, when uh, when we first met Mickey, uh, you know, we in our first conversation, I was saying, "Hey, we're going to get you on to <laughs> right on radio Sunday morning shows." Yes, because <laughs> uh, I, I just felt it was right. Uh, you know, before anything had happened. So I'm just trying to. So I'm having a little bit of trouble with my windows right now. So. If you see me looking around, it's because I'm trying to manipulate some windows and my computer is not a cooperating. Ah, now it is. Yay. <laughs> All right. So let me just open up in prayer. Um, Heavenly Father, we give you such great thanks. We thank you for Paul in particular at this time, Lord. What an example for us, uh, your apostle. And we thank you for all of his writings, for steadfastness, for his boldness. But Father, we thank you for the privilege of reading your living word. And despite what these other people might say about all these other books and things like that, Lord, we know that you have put together this book supernaturally and you did not leave out anything that was important to us. Your word is alive, it is power, and it's only by the power of the Holy Spirit that we understand your words and truly have it written in our heart. Father, all those who come against your word do not have the Holy Spirit and they do not know. So we pray for them right now. All of those who come against your word and come against your Bible, who preach this great apostasy that's going on right now, God, we, we come against their message, but we go for the person. And Lord, we pray that you dispatch uh, not only people who know the truth of your word, uh, to surround them, to have fellowship with them. But, Father, we pray that you send ministering angels around them, Lord, and that of their own free will, they will simply believe in you. So, Jesus, I thank you for everyone who has joined us here today. I thank you for Mickey. I thank you for Christy, for Cisco, for, for the word that Beulah gave last night, for all the people at the Singing Poor. What an amazing time in prayer last night. An absolutely amazing lord i could i could feel your smile upon that uh that prayer meeting last night and father i pray for every single person who is joining us lord that that you'll touch them in some way through your word today that your name will be glorified uh lord and if we get anything wrong in in our you know interpretation of your word or the extra conjecture that we add Father, if it's wrong, I pray for your connect correction even immediately, Lord, so we can retract and and change course on the program. Uh, but 
also that if we make any mistakes, it'll fall off of the ears of those who uh, are here today and that only your name will be glorified. So we continue to pray for this community. We pray you give us strength in our legs, Lord, uh, that you improve our health, you improve our clarity, and you give us more tools, Lord, to combat the enemy's plans because we are your sons and daughters and we work in service to our King. And that's Yeshua, the Messiah, who died on the cross and has risen and is living today. We give the Holy Spirit permission to do the Father's will in our lives. Amen. 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 All right. So last week we left off with uh, Paul and Barnabas. They did their first missionary tour together. And of course, they were get, are getting ready for their second missionary trip, which is what we're going to talk about today. And in preparation for that, uh, you know, Paul and Barnabas, and you got to remember uh, who they are. Paul is this, uh, he's a Jew of Jews, he's a Greek, he's a Roman, he's all things to all men, it seems, uh, and very bold, very courageous. Um, and Barnabas, his name is, the he has the gift of encouragement. He's an encourager. And so uh, they're planning to go out on their second trip, and both Paul and Barnabas agree that they should be going on this trip and they agree in the ministry but what happens is they don't agree on who is going to come and john mark who wrote the gospel of mark of course uh was barnabas's cousin and back in acts chapter 13 john mark had decided to leave home uh leave leave the mission field and go back home to Jerusalem. And Paul used some very strong words and called him a deserter. And so they're getting ready to do this second missionary uh, trip. And, you know, Barnabas says, hey, I want to bring John Mark. Paul goes, no, no, no. He deserted us. I don't want this. Uh, he's not going to come. And so they agree on the mission, but they disagree on who is going to be part of this missionary journey. And this really sets the stage. And, it, and, it's, and it's not a bad thing that they disagreed. And it's not a bad thing that it's in the Bible that they disagreed. Because they agree on the ministry, but they got sent in different ways. And God orchestrated this, obviously. You know, so instead of just Paul and Barnabas, two very powerful men and God uh, going together, they are separated. So now we have the gospel expanding even faster through the land. And that sets up this chapter. Uh, any words on that, Mickey? Um, one of the most reassuring things for me, uh, and, and especially talking about this before we actually, um, 
you know, went on air today is that we are often called to go into a different direction. God has a special and very unique uh, particular plan for every single one of us. And sometimes uh, we have to follow um, the path that he, well, we always have to follow the path that God has called us to specifically, but it may, he may call us uh, away from a certain group of people. He called Moses away from his family. We are called to follow his very, very unique plan for our lives. And sometimes that means that we will part ways. You are muted there. Oh, oh, absolutely oh, yeah. true. And one of, one of the things is uh, in, in this is obviously God opens up more doors, but we, we get a sense of hearing God's voice in direction and where we should go. And, you know, it's often said God opens doors and he closes doors. And you're going to see a lot of that today and, and, uh, and how God communicates with us. And, and it's, not 100% consistent, I gotta say. Uh, but you see an obedient servant in Paul. And uh, I think this is going to be just wonderful. So, Mickey, why don't you read the first 15 verses and then I will continue from there? Absolutely. Let me just apologize beforehand. I'm visiting my daughter in Tennessee, so I'm outside because all the children are inside. So if you hear birds in the background, that's just, we're just going to enjoy God's nature. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to read your word. Um, so Paul came also to Derby and to Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. He was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they went on their way through the cities, they delivered to them for observance the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith. And they increased in numbers daily. And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come up to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision immediately, we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to Samothrace, I may not be saying that correctly, and the following day to Neapolis and from there to Philippi which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city some days. And on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to the riverside, where we supposed there was a place of prayer. And we sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after she was baptized and her household as well, she urged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. 
and she prevailed upon us. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us, who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. The girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are the servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And she did this for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And he came out of that very hour. But when her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. And they had brought them to the magistrates and said, These men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city, and they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive and observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and beat them with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was an earthquake. So the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened up, and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awakening from his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul, with a loud voice saying, Do yourself no harm, for we're still here. Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in the house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes, and immediately he and all his family were baptized. Now when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them, and he rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household. And when it was day, the magistrate sent the officer, saying, Let those men go. So the keeper of the prison reported these words to Paul, saying, The magistrates have sent to you to let go. Now therefore depart and go in peace. But Paul said to them, they have beaten us openly, uncondemned Romans, and have thrown us into prison. And now they put us out secretly? No, indeed. Let them come themselves to get us out. And the officers told these words to the magistrates, and they were afraid when they had heard that they were Romans. Then they came and pleaded with them and brought them out and asked them to depart from the city. So they went out of the prison and entered the house of Lydia. And when they had seen the brethren, they encouraged them and departed. <laughs> Man, there's so much here 
in this one. This could be 14 Bible studies. I mean, I did so much research as I was going through this. There's a lot in you here. You and I both. And by the way, for the audience, uh, something that uh, you don't know about Mickey is when I had asked her about uh, doing this Bible study, she was already studying the book of Acts and focused on the book of Acts. So no coincidences, folks. That's Uh, right. And uh, that's, it's just amazing. So she, she had to catch up. She was a little bit behind us though. That's right. <laughs> but, but greater in her understanding. Yes. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> <Not really>. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, one, right. of the, one of the first things that stood out to me just in the very beginning of this passage, the very first thing that I wanted to know as as a reader of the word and just as a human being, I found it strange that uh, Paul would call Timothy, not call him. He was already called by God, but he wanted Timothy, who was well spoken of, to come with him on this journey. And so he took him and had him circumcised. And I thought, was that a spiritual circumcision? Was that physical? only to realize this was physical out of respect to the Jewish, out of respect to the religion, God's chosen people. And I also found during this that later on in the book of Galatians, he um, ran into Titus, right? And Titus did not have to be circumcised because the circumcision at that point was because of the law. And of course, we know that Jesus died and he set us free from the law. So if we're doing something that is um, of of the law and for that reason only, and it's not a condition of the heart, then that is what Paul is speaking of. So there's a very clear delineation between uh, Timothy being circumcised and then uh, Titus not being. Yeah, there is. And it was just last chapter that, uh, you know, the decree came out uh, that you don't need to be circumcised, but, but it happens here right after that. And and so that's really weird. I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, So a couple of things just on that spot. First of all, this is the first mention of Timothy, who really becomes Paul's sidekick and uh, son in the faith, as Paul exclaims many, many times. But why would he force this man? Well, he didn't force him, but he he had him circumcised. And if you think about this, because Timothy was not only a Jew, he was half Jew and half Greek. And his father was an unbeliever. His mother was a believer. And, you know, I think it was just the simple decision that if we wanted to preach to the Jews, we don't want to have to start with the decree and why all this stuff. Why spend hours debating all this stuff that's already been settled before we can get to the message of Christ? So they just made that decision. And, and you know, in, in today's terms, it's like uh, if, for instance, if, if, you know, I'm a show host doing a Bible study. If I'm out, uh, you know, participating in things that are just obviously of the world and contrary to the scriptures, like, you know, I'm uh, hosting some other events that are completely carnal and, you know, stuff like that, then how, you know, I every time I go out in public, I'd have to address those if, if the audience knew about it, right? And that would totally sidetrack so let's just get those arguments out of the way. 
it's a matter of of respect, living the life true to the faith, and also not being a stumbling block to others. Uh, there is a reason that they had um, that circumcision was a part of their faith, and so to honor that and honor his mother as well um, by honoring her faith is of utmost importance. It's all biblical to me. It is. And look, it's just one of those things. And by the way, that's a that's a pretty big sacrifice for a man to step up and say, OK, <laughs> as as I mentioned uh, last week, I had a, a personal friend who went through this uh, probably about 30 years old. And uh, it it is not a pleasant thing for a full grown man to uh, to experience, although. Uh, The swelling was impressive. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure. Quite, quite the sacrifice uh, to do this. So as they went through the cities, they delivered the decrees to keep, uh, which were determined by the apostles, which were is simply, hey, listen, you know, uh, don't drink the blood, you know, uh, don't, don't fornicate and do, you know, occultic rituals. And, you know, they're making the gospel very simple for people. Just simply believe, folks. That's, you know, so the, it's contrasted. They did the circumcision out of service and to eliminate obstacles, but they went on and just gave the, the basic decrees. And so the churches were strengthened in the faith and increased in number daily. And, and by the way, it's uh, you, you'll notice the pattern. You know, before on the first missionary journey, they went and they established these churches. Now Paul wants to go back to them and see how they're doing, which is really a, a lesson in discipleship. You you don't just bring someone in and then say, hey, good luck. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, that's something that just speaks to us even to this day, uh, just coming back and talking to people about about where they're at. Um, you know, I was with a friend yesterday and she was just kind of bearing her heart to me. And it was just, it, it turned out to be, we were, we were on a road trip and she felt a, a longing for the Lord. And we had just a moment that, that the Lord had prepared for her heart. So it's not enough just to speak into somebody's life and love on them through the, through the love of God. And their salvation is just so, so important. And so even now it's important that when we are talking to people and ministering to people and they are receiving Jesus and their lives are being changed, that we don't just leave them there, that we come back and we encourage them to move forward. And that's exactly what Paul did. His entire ministry was about that. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I get such a kick out of, if there's any character in the New Testament that I just relate to, uh, and I'm not putting myself in, in his shoes by any means. Uh, I would never do dare do that, but uh, I just I just feel that uh, my personality type is similar <laughs> to Paul. And, and, and hence, that's why God kind of gave me the same wake-up call on the middle of the road that he did to Paul, and that's when I was born again, but uh, I digress. So... This gets interesting here, uh, starting in verse 6. Now, when they had gone through Phry Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach in Asia. Sounds like a closed door. 
And I wonder how that happened. You know, um, because I'm always thinking, how, how does God speak in my life? How does he speak? How does he close these doors? Was it, Paul, do not go to Asia. I don't like those people. <laughs> you know, it's a, no, that wouldn't have been the way it happened because it would have said it would be a vision or something like that. But the Holy Spirit uh, prevented them. They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word. So, like, it, it could be anything. It, it could be, uh, and actually one of the theories that I've heard is, you know, they could have just got sick. You know, God works in our lives using everyday things. You know, you can't go. You're sick. Oh, you're muted, Nikki. Yeah, that I was worried a plane was going to fly by. <laughs> um, you know, absolutely. And and I was thinking about that, too. Um, on my journey in life right now, as I'm sure we're all experiencing, uh, I pray for God's direction in my life on a daily basis with my family, with my career, with, you know, what he's called me to do in the faith. And there are times when you just simply sense what he's calling you to do. If I'm walking down a street downtown somewhere that I, you know, am not um, familiar with, and I happen to pass by a, I don't know, a lively bar or something like that, you are, you just have a sense being a Christian that you're not to go in that direction. So was there some kind of, you know, just, just that kind of feeling like God, you know, is not, he's not leading me to to go into this bar at this moment. And so I think that there's just, there's just a sense when you begin to walk with Jesus Christ, you're walking with God. He may not, I've never heard his audible voice in my life, but I have so many times just sense that he wants me to go this way or that. And even if I don't have that sense, sometimes he just doesn't allow it. And that door is just absolutely closed. So I'm sure that there are a myriad of circumstances, but the fact that Paul and Timothy were walking with the Lord and Paul was listening to the voice of God, he knew, he knew regardless of how it happened. But I, I was like you, I'm, I'm curious, you know, how did that happen? What did that look like? Because this isn't the first time this happens, even in just the next couple of verses. It happens again. Yeah, and I suspect that uh, Timothy had the, the same thing. And, you know, the, the team, uh, no, 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 we don't feel this is right. But what's interesting, you know, Paul's full of vigor. Let's go back out. Let's do the second missionary journey. And he's going to hit all these cities and everything. So he goes this one way and uh, God says, no. <laughs> then he starts going this other way, and that, that's where it picks up. And after they'd come to Mysia, and they tried to go into uh, Bithynia, mm-hmm. but the Spirit did not permit them to go through there. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> exactly. So it was a clear-cut thing. I mean, he was, you're right, he was just, he had this this um, uh, excitement and this, you know, fervor that he just wanted to go forward. So there had to be a very deliberate, like, no, do not go that direction. Yeah, uh, and, and then it comes, so passing by Mysia, and they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. So this is a clear message from God. Yes. And it was a man from Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia, help us. <laughs> but now after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. And of course, we've already read the chapter. We never meet the man in his vision. That's true. And you know, what's very interesting about that verse is it says that they concluded. 
they concluded that means they must have had a conversation and said this dream must mean that we go in this direction because how often does something happen and uh you know we might have a dream and we ask god was that of you are you trying to tell me something here and then conversing with other people who are in the lord surrounding themselves with people you know that are also serving the lord they can use that discernment and say you know what this is clear that god is is bringing us in this direction well and so they had already gone two different directions so that means there's only three directions left. And what do I mean by three? Uh, so let's say they went north and they went, they, they stopped, go east, stopped. They could still go west. They could still go south. Or they might just have to stay where they are. Mm-hmm. But God says, go this way. Yeah. And so they did. Uh, so therefore, sailing from Troas, we ran straight course to uh, Simothrace, and the next day came upon Neapolis. Now, they went straight course, and this is always amazing to me because, you know, we live in this time of GPS and stuff, but they got into a boat, and they navigated a straight course across the sea. Yeah. Yeah. To go there, and and they got there in pretty quick time, it seems. Mm Mm-hmm. That's right. So from there, Philippi, which is the foremost city in Macedonia. So this is like a a little Rome sort of thing. It's It's a very established city. And, you know, it's almost like if you look at New York City, New York City, when it was good for a while, you know, was 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 clean and it had top-notch theater and it was a place to be and so much business and and then you know near where i live in toronto toronto is like a little new york it has everything that new york has but it's just a little bit smaller although the greater you know toronto is about two and a half million people in the city but uh you know the greater toronto area is about nine million people a lot of people don't realize how how big it is i did not actually yeah yeah, it's, it's quite the metropolis. The traffic is hell on earth. <laughs> I am sure. <laughs> I experienced that just in Atlanta yesterday. So. Oh, Atlanta. Oh, my goodness. Yes. I've got yes. stuck in Atlanta a number of times. Mm-hmm. Yes. And at the airport, I've been stuck as well. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So... Uh, so, and, and on the Sabbath, they went out to the riverside where praying was customarily made. And we sat down and spoke to a woman who met there. And it's funny that there isn't a synagogue. Normally they go to the synagogues, but here they have to go to a river. So it appears that there was no synagogue in town. And probably because there's not very many Jews, uh, obviously they have uh, something against the Jews here, and that mm-hmm. comes up with the arrest. Mm-hmm. But it's a whole bunch of women down by the river praying. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Uh, I love that. I One of my favorite verses and, and books of the Bible is in Psalm, is Psalm 23. And so when I was uh, reading about them praying by the riverside, isn't that what I love to do? I love to be in a peaceful, serene place down by the water that God created. And for some reason, being in that nature, that um, surrounding environment that is so calm and peaceful, it's just a beautiful place to pray and to revitalize our walk with, with God in our faith. So I love that. 
Yeah, and that's that's where I'm going camping in the middle of nowhere, uh, down by the water. And and by the way, I I I was at a, a auto parts place of all places yesterday, and uh, they had a thing for sale. It's like a tripod, and it hangs a grill, and you can adjust how high the grill is. So I'm going to be camping over and uh, cooking over an open fire. Oh. Uh, Please don't wow. yeah. <laughs> Oh, that sounds amazing. Y'all will have a great time doing that. That sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> really, really going to rough it this time. Oh, I hope that you enjoy every moment. I know you will. Uh, I will. I will. So this, this person, Lydia, is interesting. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira. So uh, this gives us a lot of insight to who she was because... Uh, the the stuff that made up the purple, uh, purple is known as a royal color. It's so she has a high end shop. She has high end clientele, and she seemingly successful. She's definitely in business for herself. You know, she's got a a good manufacturing um, setup in Thyatira, and then she's bringing it all here uh, and selling high end. So she's very connected. Uh, she has, you know, it seems like a, a large house because, you know, she invites them to stay in her place. And, uh, and, and actually what's interesting here, uh, and when uh, she and her household were baptized, so she was opened her heart by the things spoken to Paul and she and her household were baptized. So right away, just, okay, it makes sense. Let's do this. Uh, she, she's a decision maker, obviously. Uh, she didn't, you know, weigh it against other things, other beliefs she might have had. But then she says, if you have judged me faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So she persuaded us. She really cornered Paul. <laughs> you know, Paul's quite, quite the intellectual. Yes. If you have judged me faithful. Hey, listen, I just got saved. I got baptized. Are you saying I'm not faithful? If you don't come to my house, you're saying I'm not faithful and your salvation ain't real, folks. <laughs> That's very interesting. Um, I, I had not seen it in that perspective. I thought of her, and sometimes I think that when, when we read the word of God, we I personally tend to um, maybe put my personality into what she's saying. So when I read that, I, w I thought she was being very humble and saying, y'all are men of God. If you're finding my heart humble, you know these things, then please come stay at my house. Like I would love to serve you. I saw it as a complete humility and I didn't see it in, in, in any other way. So I love your perspective on that. <laughs> and I love yours. I didn't see that. <laughs> I probably saw this through my personality. <laughs> I love that. That's why Christians need to get together and, and, and read the word of God because we, um, the Lord just speaks to our hearts and we, we iron sharpens iron and we help each other, you know, out with that. So I love your perspective on that. And, uh, I, I love to study the word of God. Um, however, as, <clears throat> excuse me, as I have listened to you, Jeff, I have, you are just so wise in, uh, in, I know you spent years studying the word and I am so grateful to have your perspective. So thank you again for having me on the show and just being able to go through this total honor and a blessing for me. I completely make this up as I go. <laughs> <laughs> good then i'm in good company <laughs> and, and so so you obviously didn't read that on the script i provided <laughs> <laughs> you provided us <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <It's funny. laughs> no, uh, by the way the, the show yeah. has never been scripted 
That's great. Uh, the only the only time we ever script this show, and I, and I say this honestly with integrity, is uh, you know some, sometimes I'll write down on a pen with a pen and paper about five different words, and then you know each word's worth about fifteen minutes of airtime is what my conclusion has been. I love and, it. Uh, that's that's the only way that I prepare. Well, you know, uh, script a show. I prepare for hours and hours before that, typically. Sure. 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 <laughs> so I love this next part here. And and again, you know, uh, if there was demonic possession in the past, it's probably still happening, folks. Uh, same God yesterday as today, same enemy yesterday as today. But this is a really interesting one because she's a slave girl because she's being held captive by these occultists that are making her uh, do divination. They obviously <laughs> realize she had a gift for this. And so they forced her into this divination. Uh, and when when her uh, this girl followed Paul and us, oh, oh, by the way, that's an important thing, is who wrote the book of Acts? That is a very good question. I feel like it was Luke, was it not? It was Luke. So this this is interesting. And, and this is kind of where I got that Paul might have been sick when that door was closed because, oh. because Luke is a doctor. Yes. And this is the first time uh, in verse 17 that Luke says, uh, the girl followed Paul and us, meaning that Luke is now with Paul. I so get I think it maybe, well. Paul, maybe Luke joined because Paul was sick and they called upon him. Maybe. It doesn't say that. Right. I'm just conjecture. Right. Isn't uh, Bible study fun? It's so great. It's so great. It's like if Luke wasn't there, then how did he know to write all of this? I mean, yeah. you can't just take notes. I know that someone has told me something. I try to say, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share this with so-and-so. And I cannot even give the enormity of what they said. I, I would condense it and paraphrase. So for the details that are written in the book of Acts, you know Luke had to have a front row seat. He, he obviously did. And, and it'll say Paul and us in similar things as we go through the book now. So Luke has joined, and this is the first time. So this chapter has Timothy who turns out to be a great man of God and very much uh, he is a little Paul. He, he, him and Paul agree on everything, you know, it just seems. And, uh, and Luke is there and Luke is so detailed, of course, uh, being a doctor and, and stuff. But this, this girl followed Paul and us cried out saying, and so this is a person who has divination skills, skills. Mm -hmm. So she has an ability to see in the spirit somewhat anyways, mm -hmm. But she's saying, these men are servants of the Most High God mm -hmm. who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And she did this for many days. Yeah. So this lady is just falling around going, you know, listen, I know I've been saying, these guys are this. Yes, absolutely. And it, it probably, so Paul, I, and I just, <laughs> I almost feel like I could act this out. Paul being annoyed. Right. <laughs> all right. You're saying all you're saying good stuff, Mickey. You know, I really like what you're saying. Yeah. But spirit, get out of her. Yeah. 
Maybe maybe her voice was annoying. Her words were good, but <laughs> these men are, you know, she might have the most annoying voice or something like that. Paul's just sick of it. All right. Enough is enough. Get yeah. out. Right. And so when I was reading through this too, I was, I was thinking about this is she's just following them. I mean, for days, for days. And it's not like she was following them with a spirit of humility to get saved. She was just simply saying that these are the men, these are the servants of the most high God. But I think of this, I don't know why I think of it like this, but when you're thinking of um, demonic uh, possession and thinking of things that are outside of the spirit of God, but inside the spirit realm, you know, what would her voice have sounded like? You know, is it like, Satan and Lucifer going, ah, these men, that kind of thing. And, and he was just taunting. like, I'm done. He's possessed. Oh, I never thought of it that way. That's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it could have been very taunting. Mm -hmm. Very. It could have been. And, and I think of that. And, and here just in this last week, I have asked my friends to consider this question. Demon possession was something that the apostles, they were casting spirits out of people, obviously. And it's just like what you said. I couldn't believe that you just said that right now. If it happened then, it's happening now. How do we as Christians recognize that? How did the disciples recognize that? Does it look like al alcoholism that the cult of the medics, you know, is going to say is some kind of a disease? No, it's a sin of choice. So it's an and all these things. But when we are giving up our body for something else to take over our body, isn't that what demonic possession looks like? I'm not saying alcoholism is a demonic possession, but I'm not saying it's not. I wonder how we as Christians are recognizing demonic spirits and, you know, how would we, um, I know for me, you know, I'm not just walking around in my life just casting, you know, spirits out of people. I'm certainly not doing that. Um, but it did make me wonder, how is it that they are recognizing these voices, these spirits? What does that look like? What does that look like to us today? Well, so it, there's a lot of ways that it manifests. And, you know, one of the ways is multiple personalities. Mm -hmm. Indeed. And. You know, many of the things when people are deeply engulfed in sin, which would include alcoholism, I would say. And, and listen, I'm I'm someone who enjoys beer. I'm I drink alcohol, mm -hmm. uh, but we're not to let it control us, right? That's right. You know, and and let me just say as well, lots of wine. Um, yes. If if you have to drink wine until you know you become someone else, or have to do it for courage, or have to do it, then you're you're inviting. They call it spirits for a reason. But there's all kinds of, uh, you know, someone who has, uh, you know, gluttony, for instance, that's that's a demonic spirit operating with that person or whispering in their ear. It is a spiritual thing. Most of these things are spiritual. Uh, this is not going to go over well with uh, people who are not saved, but I would say even, uh, you know, the alternative lifestyle that's being celebrated in pride right now, I would say that there's some demonic influence there. And Even during the parades, there's, there are things happening, you know, as the parades that are going on. And I do under, I understand exactly what you're saying. And, and I will preface that also with this, I should have said this ahead of time. I was engulfed in sin for many years and I would not stand in judgment of anything anybody's going through. I ask these things because I have been these things. 
And so as a Christian, as somebody who the, the blood of Jesus has just wiped my slate clean and has washed me and made me white in his eyes and completely, you know, sin free in his eyes, although I am still obviously we always sin. Uh, I walked on, on this demonic streets of darkness for a very, very long time. So I am not asking, you know, asking these questions or saying anything because of any kind of judgment. But if you look at me and anyone sees anything in me that is Christ-like, it is because I have been delivered. And that is why I ask these questions. So again, we're, we're very much the opposite. And I'm really enjoying this because uh, I'm a hypocrite. I, I, I was the chief of sinners, uh, still the sinner, but man, I, uh, I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> the things that I used to do that people are doing, I'm like, stop, you demon. <laughs> are you talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> I, I call it out and I call it out from experience because I was there. But again, yeah. it's just a different way of handling it, you know, yes. uh, and, and just like Paul and Barnabas, you know, uh, when they, when they split, you know, Paul, he's like, I'm not giving uh, John Mark another chance. He, he blew it. He deserted us. He's going to get in the way where Barnabas, who has the gift of encouragement, goes, oh, no, no, no. I want to I want to help him. I want to I want to help grow him. And and they're both right. Yes. Yes. That's right. <laughs> So they cast this demon out of her so she can no longer do divination. Uh, but when her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, mm -hmm. they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them to the marketplace to the authorities. And I just want to point out this part here. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, these men being Jews exceedingly trouble our city and teach the customs that are not lawful for us being Romans to receive and observe. So first of all, what happens, and just like the Pharisees, you know, it hits their pocketbook, right? Oh, no, no. You take away my, my profit center here. Uh, I'm going after you and I'm going to have you arrested. We're going to have them flogged. So, so let, let's just recap because this is fun. Um, Paul's going to go this way. Holy Spirit says no. Paul's going to go this way. Holy Spirit says no. The Holy Spirit says go this way where you're going to get beaten and thrown in the jail. Paul's <laughs> like, right on, right on, right on, right on. Yeah. <laughs> Naked. Humiliated. <clears throat> totally. And by the way, um, I, when I was reading this beforehand, and, and actually, I, I know that uh, that uh, Shiloh and Watching Wall are in the chat. Maybe you can let me know about this. But I remembered a story from probably about 10 years ago. It was an American who had uh, committed a crime in Singapore. And he was sentenced to, you know, something like six months in jail and uh, six strikes with the rod or something like that. And then it was plea bargained down and he was going to get like four strikes with the rod. Uh, do they still do that in Singapore? Maybe you can put it in the chat. Uh, caning. I think they called it caning. Caning. That's right. Caning. Yes, yes I do remember they still that. Do caning there to my uh, sisters in Singapore. It's a good question. Yeah. I, listen. Uh, by the way, I, I'm I'm in favor of this sort of thing. 
You know really? what? I think I think shaming and, and stuff like that. Uh, first of all, our prisons would be less full. Indeed. You know what? Someone does something uh, that's you know it, it depends on the crime, of course. But let's say someone uh, did some stealing. I know in the in the states there were some judges for a time that were shaming people, and they'd have to stand out with the cardboard sign, "I stole from this store." And they'd have to do it every day for two months or something like that. Shaming really, really works. And, uh, you know, I think we have a lot more of that where people be brought in the public square, not necessarily uh, stripped naked and, and caned or anything like that, but definitely shamed in front of the public um, in, in your own community. Uh, I think, you know, that invites uh, a punishment, but it also invites grace from the community to let that person earn their way back into society rather than being put in criminal college, which is uh, jail. Excellent point. Excellent. Yes, point. they do. Caning. Yep, they do. So there you go, folks. Thank you, Angelina. Yes. It reminds me of the scripture that talks about ripping off of the robes back then. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Have you noticed that? Yes. Absolutely. I mean, like even if, when if, I was just going to say, like if I get caned through this shirt, it's going to hurt just the same as being caned without the shirt, I would think. That's right. Plus, it would ruin my, my nice shirt. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to get blood on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. You didn't know what you were signing up for, did you? <laughs> I had no idea. Had maybe an inkling, but, you know, a little bit. <laughs> I was just thinking when you were saying that, the scripture that talks about, you know, I know this is a controversial topic, but, you know, to spare the rod, spoil the child, that entire scripture says that if you beat your child, it will not kill them. And that is not talking about abuse right there. That's talking about discipline. So in much the same way that you are, um, you know, talking about caning, it's like, it's a discipline and without discipline, without, you know, those, those governing laws, there is absolute chaos. There is no order. And so you're right. I, I love that you called a uh, jail, just a, you know, a college for criminals. That's because that's exactly what it is. Look at this. So Angelita just added to it here in Singapore, they are caned naked, naked. So they actually strip you down in the public square. Well, you know what? Yeah. It's got to be effective. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Th that would personally scare me. Yes. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, I'd be fasting in advance of my sentencing. Absolutely. <laughs> How vain yes. we are. I got to lose 20 pounds. I got to lose 20 pounds. <laughs> And, and Jesus, our clothing, though, it is somewhat of a barrier. It is a barrier. And so they want to, I think they just want to remove all barriers so that it is that much more enforced. You're feeling it that much more. And when Jesus was beaten, you know, they stripped him. Yeah. So it, it's, uh, yeah, it's very um, effective, but I would say it's humbling. And it also prevents a, a barrier that would prevent the pain from hurting as much as it could possibly. Okay. So for you, Mickey, what's more scary being caned in public or being stripped naked and standing in front of your city? Um, <laughs> what is more scary? Wow, that's that's really hard. I've gone through some pretty humiliating things in my life, but I believe it or not, I would rather be beaten than be shamed. Yeah, 
Especially in this, especially in this YouTube age. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank God it wasn't existent. You know, Facebook yeah. wasn't alive when you know when I was a kid. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and plus the camera adds 10 pounds which oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly oh vanity <laughs> depart from me lord <laughs> <laughs> yes oh take it away lord <laughs> but, oh, no listen i'm telling you that's that's effective um yeah. i'm not the only one who'd be thinking this way no, not uh, at all. It, listen, not in, all. In, in the chat, let me know if you'd be thinking this way. I can't be alone. And I'm not really a vain person. I'm not really a shy person. I think the body is natural. It's not, you know, it's it's neither here nor there. Uh, most people look better with clothes on than with clothes off. Uh, we're all just in this human form. It, it really doesn't matter. Uh, and I really look at it that way. But at the same time, with the thought of me being in the public square, that's terrifying. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And people who experience, you know, just mental um, torture through their lives for whatever reason, or even in abusive situations, or when you're dealing with somebody who is uh, just verbally hurting you, I have heard people say, and I have felt it myself, rather than talk to me that way, just get it over with and hit me. If you hit me, the pain is going to come and it's going to go, but do not sit here and make me feel, you know, ashamed. It's that feeling, you know, a, a hit of any kind that, that just comes and goes. But I do not want to be naked in the public square. <laughs> well, and, and plus, you know, words are are the most deadly weapon that people have. And, you know, caning the scar, you might get scarred. It might heal. Uh, the pain will certainly go away after a period of time. But when someone says something to you so cruel, and I can only imagine being up there, being caned, uh, the cruelty that people would be espousing towards you right you know yes they are certainly not taking that opportunity to compliment you on your new hairstyle that's for sure no no <laughs> <laughs> oh i shouldn't be doing this in a bible study but I, and, and so i'm not i'm not that hairy of a person but i'm i'm kind of picturing you know back then you know, men were very, very hairy. And, you know, it's mm -hmm. like, you know, they just wrote, watch this man become a Neanderthal right <laughs> before your very eyes. You know, like the, the freak show sort of thing, Absolutely. right? You know, Absolutely. all the hair on the back. And I actually saw, I was at a beach one time and uh, and a father went to pick up his kid and he was going to throw him on his back and do a piggyback. And the kid's going, no, dad, <laughs> it's too hairy. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Esau. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Back to the Bible study. Yes, man, man, I, I'm really I'm 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 gonna really repent right now. <laughs> I just I, You just feel it coming on huh? <clears throat> You know what? I just have fun on Sunday morning yeah. Sunday mornings. Yeah. I really this is yeah. my favorite show of the week every every year. It's not even a show, it's a Bible study just uh done publicly with a with a lot of people. Sure. But uh, uh, so they had laid many stripes on them. They threw them into prison, and the commander uh, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. So, having received such a charge, he put them into the innermost prison and fastened their feet in stocks. So, not only they're the you know darkest inner, you know the most amount of walls, most amount of guards around them, but they also lock their feet down. Yes. 
And so if you were just beaten and flogged and you get thrown into the inner depths of a prison, uh, you probably would not think of uh, praying and singing hymns to God. No, most certainly not. And I know that this does not compare. I certainly would not compare my situation with this. But having experienced captivity and physical abuse during that time, uh, you know, to, when your body is hurting and then you are placed in a position to where you cannot get out, the only thing that was going through my mind is how can I get out of here? Not I was not singing praises to God. And so just to to think about that kind of situation that these guys that Paul, they were literally singing praises to God. What a beautiful thing. I just, uh, when I was in a, a situation that was hard, I could not even acknowledge God. I was mad at God. I had to repent later on, but I mean, I was mad like, God, how could you do this to me instead of giving him praise and glory that spoke volumes to me? Yeah. And you know, uh, worship in particular really is, a formidable weapon like it's what brought down the walls you know it's uh but it, listen it, i just put myself in this uh you know i i probably i i in fact i know i'd be praying to god mm. but i probably wouldn't be singing the hymns i'd like to think that uh if this ever happens to me i'll i'll change my ways but i'd be <laughs> God, strike them down with your rod. You know? <laughs> exactly. take, take those bastards out, Lord. Yes. You know? It's like, deliver me from my know, enemies. Yes. Give your righteous judgment. You know? <laughs> right. Yes. We're human, right? Absolutely, um, we are. But again, I'll go back to my opening remarks, Mickey. Um, we're not, the Lord isn't speaking revival in the land. He's speaking restoration, and he's giving us instructions. Mm -hmm. This is instructions, folk. Yes, um, I want you to remember this verse. Mm -hmm. If things ever start to go bad in your life, yeah, this is instruction. And 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 look how effective it was. Oh, actually, well, the other thing that struck me about this is, uh, Mickey is, but at midnight, why would they say midnight? middle of the night i don't know because it was a new day i don't know what are your thoughts so think about it i don't i know that it's there for a reason mm -hmm. and i don't know why it's there and when i don't know why it's there i just go back to common sense and deduction this mm -hmm. is how i say and so I try to put myself in that place. And so it's midnight. What typically, what are people doing at midnight? Sleeping. Okay. So the prison should be sleeping and they're praying and singing. And when you sing, you're not. B -I -B -I. They're, they're right. singing. They're, so if you're in, if you're one of the other prisoners, um, you're either going to be, you know, rejoicing because it's ministering to you, or you're going to be pissed off. Shut up! I'm trying to sleep. Yes. And, um, and, and listen to this. Okay, so here, here's a real-time example. Now, I don't have the nicest singing voice, but let's pretend that I have a great singing voice, okay? Just pretend. Play along for a moment. And And it's midnight. My wife is sound asleep for a couple hours and I walk into the bedroom 
and I'm amazing grace. And I just start singing praises to the Lord. Is she going to wake up joyful? I'm thinking not. God with me? I'm thinking not. Or she's throw something at me. <laughs> she is, go worship in the other room, Jeff. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to sleep. I'll but worship I, when I wake up. <laughs> but I think it's purposeful here. And actually, I'm just kind of getting revelation as I said that. Well, thank you, Lord. I think that the why this is significant, people were sleeping or would be sleeping. They probably could not sleep because of the sound of their voices. And so the other prisoners in the prison knew that this earthquake well, and the shackles falling off of them was the work of the Lord that they were praising. That's why it's there. Mm -hmm. For the other prisoners to know. For the other prisoners. And these are not people that are just living their normal daily lives like you and your wife or me and my family or, or the audience that's listening right now. These are people that are in a very desperate situation. When you are in captivity, you are incarcerated, you are at the lowest point of your life. Midnight isn't as big of a deal as those of us who have a routine schedule. So they're at, they're at a place where they're weak, they're low, they're vulnerable. And it's beautiful, I think, when this happens for those uh, people who are in prison to be able to listen to them giving glory to God and then to watch the miracles that ensued after. I, I can't even imagine being in a situation like that. Their hearts no. might have been a little bit more open. Yeah, it might have been. But so then, then God does a miracle, obviously, a great earthquake that shook the foundations of the prison. So all the doors, the hinges pop off. And everyone's chains were loose. Remember, these guys were in footstocks. Mm -hmm. And the footstocks fell off. And when this happened, because under Roman law, the prison guard, if the prisoners escaped, he's going to be killed. Mm -hmm. So he's like, hey, rather than being publicly executed and having to wait for that and being beaten beforehand and all the things, I'm just going to take my own life. But Paul, having heard him drew his sword. So if Paul can hear him draw his sword, the, the the prison guard would have obviously heard Paul singing, right? Right. The, the voice of the, the, the singing would be much louder than the uh, sword coming out of the sheath. And so Paul says to him, do not hurt, do yourself no harm mm -hmm. for we're all here. Yeah. So not only did God shake the foundations, the, the doors fall off the hinges, their footstocks fall off and you know i think as a prisoner your instinct would be hallelujah i'm out of here that'd be me but no we're gonna stay yeah they must have sensed the spirit of the lord i mean i would think that if, if that kind of a miracle happened in my life i would be paralyzed in the presence of god regardless of where i was so you know what uh one other way to look at it is uh you know, you could run out and, you know, probably everyone would have would run out as frantically and as fastly as you can. You want to get ahead of the guards and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But Paul, he wants to walk out with style. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't hurt yourself. We're all here. Calm down. 
and 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 so the next thing he says is uh and when he brought them out and said sirs so the the prison guard comes to them falls at his feet what must i do to be saved Now, if you're ever wondering if there's a time when you should share the gospel with someone, if if someone says that to you, this is a really obvious hint. You have heard the word of the Lord, okay? <laughs> you're, you're, that, that, if you've said, I've never heard the word of the Lord, if someone ever comes up to you and says, well, what, what do I have to do to be born again? Uh, you heard the word of the Lord. It's saying, go tell my message yes. <laughs> right yes. there. That's right. The Lord is communicating to you. Yep. Yes. And they knew exactly what to say. Believe in the Lord. Believe in the Lord right there in that same scripture. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And it's that easy. And and that's why so many people in the world cannot believe because it's too easy. No, no, no. We should have to, uh, you know, first go to church and train for a few years and then go through ceremonies and, uh, you know, eat some crackers and drink some pretend wine for a little while. And and then eventually, you know, have a ceremonial thing where I go underwater. And then, you know, some really super spiritual people will pray upon me and lay hands upon me. And then, then, oh, oh, oh. And then I have to knock on a hundred doors and tell them that salvation is available for them. And then I'll have earned my salvation. And many people think this way. It's way too simple of a concept. It's just this. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. It's that simple. But again, even in, I'm going to say some religious circles, it doesn't, in in the circles of the Pharisees, that's not enough. Just the religious people, that is not enough. There has to be this law. There has to be these rules. I, I mean, I heard somebody just recently say to me, uh, they were not ready to accept Jesus because they didn't want to give up alcohol. They didn't want to give up alcohol. And I was like, oh, I didn't know you had to get in the shower before you took a bath. I thought that Jesus would clean up what he feels needs to be cleaned up in your life. Like we, there's all of this law and rules and regulation and these oh, and memberships and money because of everything that can happen in those circles. So uh, I don't have anything negative to say about every single church, but I would say be very careful. Be very careful who you are sitting as or placing you placing in, in your presence because well, it is even, this simple. I'm glad you brought up the money thing because in the origins of the Catholic church, you would have to pay for the remission of your sins. And what a great scam that is. So, you know, this video will get five, 6,000 views over the next few days. And if just each one of you sends me $10, your next sin will be covered. <laughs> what Isn't a great thing. Oh, <laughs> and in, and in it, addition, I'll send you a bright cloth and oil. <laughs> yeah. Man, so but then and and so the next one uh, has cr- actually created the next part of that has created some controversy amongst Christians because it says, um, "Sir, what must I do to be saved?" So they said, "Believe on the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved." And then he goes on to say, "You and your household." So many people have said, "Mickey, because uh, the man is the head of the house." 
if the man is saved, his household is saved. What say you? I say Lydia was saved and, and she was baptized and so was everyone in her household. You know, uh, I think that when you have a conviction for the Lord, uh, I mean, look at what happened with Rahab. She was an outstanding woman who did something, you know, for, for the spies, for God's people. And because of that, her and her household were spared. Yes, God has a, uh, a hierarchy that he has created and we need to protect. We need to protect the man because we know that what's happening in our society is weakening the man as a leader in our home. You know, however, there are so many stories in the Bible. Um, Deborah, the judge, uh, Mary Magdalene, people who don't have a man associated with their life. The Lord is so faithful and so gracious. If you love the Lord and you are saved and you are serving him, he just takes care of you, male or female, all of us. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And certainly your your family is going to have preferential treatment. But uh, it's, I, I would say that uh, here, Paul was speaking prophetically. It is not an automatic. Just because I chose Jesus Christ does not make my daughter and my wife saved. It's true. They have to do it of their own free will and they have to believe because there's only one way to paradise and that's through believing in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. That's so, so true. Uh, however, would I, so I kind of threw a trick question at you, Mickey. Uh, and I because, felt it wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> because the, the man spiritually, biblically has the authority in the house and Typically speaking, a household will follow that authority. And if the man gets saved, uh, truly saved, I believe his household will come, you know, probably 99% of the time, but not always. And it's not a law that they automatically are saved. So I want to be clear on that. And uh, there, there's a there's a debate for the last 100 years in, in Christianity that was solved by right on radio. <laughs> yes yes i never heard the voice of the lord say mickey when you are going to get you know now that you're saved you and your household will be saved i never heard of that i uh, heard him say that those words to me i myself i raised my daughter by myself and so there was not a a man in the home however i was a faithful woman and continued to be that and i'm so grateful I, as i watched my daughter grow there are times when she wasn't serving the lord and then ultimately she did and now she does her and her wonderful husband and their beautiful children are, are serving the Lord. Um, but you are right. It is a decision. It is a decision that each and every one of us has to make. Amen. Amen. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to them and all who were in his house. So, so there, so not, they went and spoke and then they, they all believed. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and his family were baptized. So when we had brought them into his house, he set food before them and he rejoiced, having believed in God with all of his household. Uh, and when it was day, the magistrate sent the officer saying, let those men go. So the keeper of the prison reported these words to Paul saying, hey, the magistrates have said you can go. So go in peace. But Paul said to them, uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. They have beaten us openly. Yes. Uncondemned Romans. So remember, they beat them because they were Jews. 
And Paul, when he was being beaten, didn't say, hey, stop, I'm a Roman, because it would have been illegal to beat a Roman if he was uncondemned. So this whole thing was a trap for these people. Wow. I did not realize that. Yes. And so that's when, uh, and now they want to put us out secretly? No, 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 no. You send those magistrates to me. And so then the magistrates were afraid because they heard that they were Romans. Oh, crap. Mm. We did what? Oh, and not only that, they, they went into jail. They got the God Most High behind them. You know, the oh, chains wow. got off the whole building. Like, <laughs> like uh, okay, we're in some deep doo-doo here. Yes. Yes, they were terrified. They were afraid. Gosh. So then, so they came because they really felt like, you know, they were over a barrel. Yeah. And and so the, the same powerful people that had them stripped and flogged and thrown into prison... Listen, just please go. Yes. You know, just please. Please please go. And so after that, it happened. And and it's almost like it wasn't, Paul didn't do it to humiliate them. Mm -hmm. But I think Paul wanted to look them in the eye. Yeah. And I I honestly feel that these magistrates since the presence of God and their lives were changed after this. And it doesn't say that, uh, but how could you not? How could you not? You know, all this stuff happening in 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and then, you know, uh, when they had seen the brethren, they encouraged Mm -hmm. them Mm -hmm. and then they departed. Mm -hmm. So they gave them encouragement. Yes. Yes. And they went back to Lydia's. They must've found her faithful in the Lord. (laughs) You know yes, what? they encourage them. She 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 had a really good meatball recipe. <laughs> <laughs> right. She had to have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, what a goodness. fun chapter, Mickey. Oh yes, definitely, definitely. They <laughs> uh, all are. When I start studying the Bible, I just can't stop. You know, it's. I remember a time in my life where I would think, "Oh my goodness, I just need to." open the Bible every day. And now I'm like, when I start getting engrossed in the word of God, I have so much fun uh, learning things. And it's just so encouraging on every level. I can't wait. I never want to stop. I'm like, I really need to go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) And by the way, have you uh, had the chat open? I have not. Oh, there's been many, many favorable comments saying welcome to you, Mickey, and God bless you. And Mickey's right. And you've got some amens and stuff like that. Uh, if you hit chat in the right in top right hand corner, you can see sure it coming will. in. I see it. Wow! And, uh, so very well received, um, wow. and thank oh, you to goodness. the kind and generous uh, Right On Radio uh, community for doing that. We really do have a loving community. Oh, it looks that way. My goodness. And I wasn't trying to definitely, you know, uh, ignore anybody or anything like that. But if I get sidetracked, you're going to see it and I'm going to humiliate myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thank you for Selah sentiments. Know someone who wants to connect with the Bible study? Share the broadcast. Yes, share yes. the broadcast. Uh, look, it's not for me. It's not for Mickey. Uh, it's, uh, listen, we want, we want our tent expanded. Yes. And we want uh, we want God's kingdom to be expanded more and more, and and I think we do these Bible studies in a non-religious way. Yes. You know, it's okay to have fun. It's okay to say some, uh, well, 
improper things as I did today. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're real people and we really need to understand. I mean, one of the things for me, and, and I'm hoping that the, the um, audience feels the same way. I, I just, I'm loving these comments, by the way. I'm loving so much. Y'all are so encouraging and loving. Um, but when we can really identify with what's going on, it, it's typical sometimes in, in the religious community of our day that we teach our children, you know, the Bible stories and it's not real to them. So uh, it, it is for some, but it's not always. And I find it to be so much more uh, encouraging to me and I can really understand and live a walk of faith in my life with Jesus when I understand what they're going through. Like what you said, Jeff, it's like putting yourself in that situation. If I start singing, you know, to my wife, what about that? Or is that circumcision? Is that like real? Like, did he do it? Did he have someone do it? Like, you know, those kinds of things, when we start uh, delving into the word of God, we start finding out the character of God and he is a warrior and he has called us to be warriors. Oh, yeah. And there is nothing that is more, not only fun, but, but uh, there's nothing that gives us a purpose and a vision more than reading the word of God. And I know that in times in my life where you think, you know, how do I hear the word of God? Read his word, get to know him because his spirit will speak to you as it has to all of us. Yeah. And, and, you know, he really does speak to each one of us and uh, you know, he speaks to us in different ways. And sometimes you'll get dreams and visions. Sometimes some people hear an audible voice uh, some people just doors open, doors closed. We saw examples of all these things here uh, in this chapter. So uh, if don't think that God doesn't speak to you. Uh, if, if that's the case, uh, go spend some time in the word and quiet your mind. Because <laughs> you know, a lot of the time uh, there's just too much noise around us and uh, God will speak to you. He speaks to every one of us. Yes. You have his spirit inside of you. How can you not uh, be communicating with God? He will communicate. Just mm -hmm. have, you just yeah. got to listen. Sometimes we talk too much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. Uh, yeah, you think? <laughs> Me too, right? <laughs> um, that's why I'm getting away for a few days. And, uh, and, and honestly, it's hard for me to do this, Mickey, because mm -hmm. I had, I, I went a year and a half without taking a break of doing shows. Wow. And uh, it just, you know, a little bit of burnout for sure. Sure. But, uh, but I, I feel like I'm letting people down if I don't put stuff out there. I honestly mm -hmm. feel that and I have to get over it. Mm -hmm. You have uh, you have given so much, and just you know, being new to the the Ride on Radio family and being new to this community, um, I have received so much from you in this short of time. So believe me when I say I am sure that there are so many people who will take this time not only to um, reflect on their own walk with God, but to go back and maybe watch some other things. I know I will be while you're out resting during this time that you need, right? It's the oxygen mask. You cannot help others when you can't breathe. And so uh, I encourage you to go and refresh and, and uh, just have your life lifted up in the presence of God for sure. And we will be spending this time. Uh, I will be spending this time catching up and keeping you and your family in prayer. So don't feel guilty. Go with grace. Go in peace. Uh -huh. Uh, thank you so much. Very, very kind words. Um, I'm going to ask you to close us in prayer, if, sure. if you don't mind. I'd love to. And then I will have an announcement. And don't forget, not, not either way, uh, you want to catch Tuesday's show. I'm telling you, uh, it's going to be one of those two shows. 
both are going to be a do not miss and you should be with very much anticipation. If I start this teaching and I'm not saying that uh, I'm a gifted teacher or anything like that, uh, but the material came from God, folks, um, and it's 20 years of my study of his word and it's going to make it's going to change your life, uh, even if you've walked with uh, God longer than I have. It doesn't matter. There's going to be a nugget in there that is for you. And I'm telling you, everyone is going to see the world in a different way because that's exactly what this teaching is designed for. It's to deprogramming you from Pharaoh's system and having you prosper in God's kingdom under literally walking the earth, same earth, but in his kingdom instead of in Pharaoh's thing. And it's, uh, it's God has told me to release it. Uh, I'm doing it for free. Uh, this would normally be a course that I would be charging for, quite honestly. And it's not that you charge for the word of God. It's, you know, this is my note taking over 20 years. And uh, and quite honestly, I'm a podcaster and I have to do other things to make a living. Uh, but God said to do this for free. So I'm going to be obedient. Yes, I did hear him say that. Do it for free. <laughs> so uh, that's what's going to happen. And if it's not that, then it's going to be... Uh, well, probably the greatest whistleblower uh, that I know uh, with some really deep insight on something that's happening right now. It's horrific. Uh, we're not going to focus on the horror, but we will focus on uh, a global event just happened, folks. And uh, and it's massive. It's affecting the world. And there's going to be a lot of fallout from it. And we need to prepare for it. So if I can, I'm going to put that on first and then uh, we'll do that way. There won't be a gap in the teaching as well. So uh, Mickey, I have an announcement, but first would you close us in prayer? It'd be an honor and a pleasure. Heavenly father, we do not come before your throne. We do not come into your presence um, just with, without understanding that you are our creator. We do not take your presence lightly, Lord. Thank you so much for the, the creation of your of your world that we live in. I thank you so much for your graciousness and your kindness. Thank you for making a way for us sinners to be able to talk to you and come into your presence. We do not take that lightly. Lord, as I've been reading through some of the comments, I just want to I just want to thank you so much for reminding us through the viewers and listeners on this show that the enemy has no power. You are all powerful. Your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We thank you so much that we do not have to walk in fear. Thank you so much for allowing us Christians to sharpen each other uh, in our faith, that we can learn from each other through reading your word, Lord God. We are so grateful to have this instruction and this uh, encouragement, your word, um, so that we can use your word to bring your kingdom to every single person that we come into contact with, Lord God, that we are furthering the gospel, that we are telling people what you want us to tell them, and that is about you. I thank you even for, for yesterday, this young lady that I was driving with, Lord God, that she is drawn to you, and I continue to just ask you to continue to draw her to you. I just pray, Lord God, for every person that is within earshot or eyeshot of this show right now in this reading, that you would use this chapter in this reading to permeate their souls and their hearts so that they can go through and not only be encouraged and empowered and confident in you, but Lord God, that they would be able to be tools used by you to turn the lives around of people who really, really need you and who are searching for you.
We lift up humanity to you. It is your creation, and we are so grateful for you. Pray your blessings and your protection upon Jeff and his wife as they travel. And I pray, Lord God, that this is a time where his soul and hers are just ministered to by you in a way that is just unspeakable, Lord. For Jeff, and that includes his family, is doing your work, and that work is reaching so many people. So I just thank you, Lord, uh, Lord God, for him, and I ask that you continue to strengthen his heart and his soul and his body and help him to just have all of the nourishment that he needs from you to go forward as he begins to rest in you during this time. Settle his mind, ease his uh, his thoughts and his um, just his dedication that he's you know, he feels like he's letting people down. I just pray, Lord God, that you would wipe all of that out of his mind and just clear that out so that he can enjoy your presence in your creation. I thank you so much for this show today. And I thank you for everybody who has been a part of it. Thank you for the blessing it is to speak your word in this great country that we continue to fight for. And it is in the name of your precious and holy and humble son's name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, thank you for those very generous words. Uh, and what a beautiful prayer. And uh, just as you were praying, I was thinking and I was thinking about, you know, how we were just talking about everyone can hear the word of God. But I'll tell you a way this is for Christians, um, for people who are not filled with the spirit. This might not work for you. Mm -hmm. However, do you want to experience the Holy Spirit? Mm -hmm. Do you want to be in a place where you know you will be touched by the Holy Spirit and God's presence is there? Who wouldn't want that? If you're a Christian, it should be like the utmost desire of your life. Absolutely. So I'm going to tell you where to go and when to be there, and you will experience the Holy Spirit, guaranteed. Every Saturday night at 8 o'clock on our Telegram channel, it's not recorded, there's no replays, you have to be there, at 8 p.m., Saturday night, that's Eastern Standard Time, we do our Sing and Poor prayer celebration, and all of those things I just mentioned beforehand, you will experience firsthand. Now, Saturday night might be a great time to get out with friends, and certainly I have obligations Saturday nights as well. But you who have never been there, maybe you just want to take some time out of your very busy schedule to uh, experience the things of God. It's powerful. Mm. I invite you. Mm. I invite you. And uh, the the two ladies that are leading it, uh, Watching Wall and Shiloh, are anointed by God. They are anointed and chosen by God. It wasn't Jeff who chose them. Come on. Mm. wasn't me mm. you want to see why they were chosen mm. show up at 8 o'clock next Saturday night okay anyways. that's on telegram right you said telegram telegram are right on radio channel it's on my calendar uh, all the links are in the description box by the way folks if you just click on it you can see the description all the links are there go and join mm -hmm. 
Um, okay, here's my announcement, and I'm just doing this again because it's fun. Um, so I've recently started making phone calls to our listeners, and uh, and this week I had a couple uh, really good calls. I only planned on doing one call this week, uh, but I did two because one person said, you have to talk to my friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. And, and so, okay, I have to. That's not like an ask. <laughs> that's a command. So I did. And I'll tell you, the, the two people who are listeners that I spoke to this week really, really blessed my heart. Um, I, I get to, I don't want to say there's a disconnect because, but because this is social media and I see posts and things like that, you don't get the voice inflection. You don't get the you don't get the person's story behind it and the amazing people we have in this community and uh not one person has disappointed me yet um honestly everyone is so precious in the lord's eyes and uh and they're precious in my eyes too and so here's my announcement uh right after we get off the air well actually i'd say it about an hour after we get off the air the very first person who goes and signs up, you cannot have signed up before. It has to be North America. But if you have signed up for mylibertystand.com, or if you have not, go to My Liberty Stand and the very first person that comes in after this broadcast, uh, hopefully you've got a phone near you and uh, I'm going to call. And if you're in North America, it's going to say that the phone call is coming from Ontario. So it's not uh, a spam or anything like that. I want to call. I want to spend some time with you. I want to talk to you about how we're fighting the cabal and how you can get involved. MyLibertyStand.com. Mickey, what an absolute pleasure to have you today. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please hit the like. Hit the share, as we said before. The likes really help. We leave these up on YouTube, and YouTube already, already is banning us, you know, and shadow banning us with two strikes <laughs> against us. So hitting the like button, it doesn't take a lot of effort. And by the way, it doesn't mean that, you know, it's going to affect your algorithms later on or anything like that. It just shows YouTube that you like the video and, and uh, it's not liking Mickey or Jeff. It's a, uh, we read the word of God. So at least you can like that. Amen. See, I'm being that persuasive, persuasive person like Lydia. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you don't have a choice. If you like, if you like God, you need to hit the like button. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how you know how unashamed I am. Sometimes. Oh goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, praise the Lord. Thank you, everyone, for being here. God bless you. And uh, you know what's going to come next is the right on radio song. But I'm going to say, love your God. Love your family, love your neighbor as yourself, and make a difference in your community. <laughs>